Good morning. Thanks again for joining us for our Mosaic online service. We're so glad that you found us and you're joining us today, wherever you might be uh, this morning, whether you are watching on your phone, on your TV, in your kitchen, in your living room, wherever you might be. We hope that your faith is encouraged. We hope you'll see how God is moving in your life. And we want today to be an opportunity for you to hear some good news. We know there's so much bad news in this world today, and our hope and our desire is that we can be bringers of the gospel. The gospel just means good news. And the good news is that Jesus came, he lived a perfect, sinless life, then he went to the cross and paid the death that we should have died, and then he rose again three days later. And after he ascended to the Father, he gave his Holy Spirit to us. And so we are in the series on the Holy Spirit and uh, today we're going to be learning more, more about who he is. Would you just join me in a word of prayer? Father, I thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that you bring good news, that Jesus came, he died, and he rose again. That you sent your spirit to live in us, to empower us, to fill us. So, Lord, I pray right now that these would be your words, not mine. That all who listen and watch this week, Lord, that their faith would be encouraged. And God, that you just speak to them exactly what they need to hear today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, during this COVID-19, I've had the opportunity to watch a little more TV probably than normal. Um, one of the things I've actually just caught up this week on is a documentary on Michael Jordan and the 90s Bulls called The Last Dance. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, I highly encourage it, even if you're not a big sports fan. Uh, Michael Jordan, I think, is probably one of the biggest cultural figures of the last 100 years. Uh, and this tells the story of kind of their last season together. And there's so many leadership and life lessons when you look at this documentary. One of them is just how competitive Michael Jordan was. I mean, it really imbued every aspect of his life. He couldn't really do anything without making it a competition, whether he's on the golf course or he's hanging out with his security guards and who can toss a quarter closer to the wall without touching the wall, just all these things. It just bled into everything that he did. He was driven by this need to win above all else. His teammates talk about the stories about what kind of leader he was and actually they were afraid of him. <laughs> and even as his teammate, he was so driven that it impacted everyone else around him. And I was thinking about that, that the people around us have such a huge impact on who we are. And so my question for you today is, who are you walking with? Who are you walking with? What is filling you? Michael Jordan is filled with this need to compete, this need to win at all costs. That drove him in everything that he did. And he's one of the best competitors, I think, to ever live. But that is the thing that filled him. As followers of Christ, who are we walking with? What is filling us? And I believe that the answer that God wants for us is the Holy Spirit. That God wants us to walk with the Holy Spirit. That God wants us to be impacted by the Holy Spirit and to be filled by the Holy Spirit. In the same way that Michael Jordan just affected all his teammates around him and changed them, I believe that that's what God wants, is that for us to be affected and influenced by the Holy Spirit. We've been in this series for a couple weeks now, and we, we dove into how Jesus, before he ascended into heaven in Acts 1, he told his disciples to wait. And right now we're in a season of waiting, and Jesus told disciples to wait so they could be empowered by the Holy Spirit and then do what God had called them to do. And we've talked many times how a season of waiting isn't a time that's just wasted, 
it's a time that we can invest by waiting on God, by offering our lives and say, Holy Spirit, how do you want to change me? Here's what happened in Acts 2, verse 1 through 4. They've been waiting for 50 days now. They've been waiting on the Holy Spirit to come. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. A couple weeks ago, we dove into this about what the meaning of Pentecost and 50 days after Passover and, and the, the, the fire that came to lead the Israelites and then it divided. Uh, but this week, I want to focus on that second part, that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, it depends really on your church background. And you read that and you're like, right on. Yeah, totally. I mean, this was like the theme verse for the kind of church I grew up in as a charismatic church. Like, this is what everyone knew. And maybe if you grew up Lutheran or Baptist or Methodist or maybe not even uh, going to church at all, you're like, what does that even mean? What does speaking in tongues? Well, speaking in tongues is something that the Bible mentions. Not a lot, but it, it is a big thing in, in different parts of Scripture. And we see here in Acts 2 that the Holy Spirit, when it first fell on the Jewish people, that they spoke in other languages. And that was the first time the Holy Spirit now indwelled his people. Instead of the Holy Spirit just indwelling one person, like Samson, the Holy Spirit would fall on him and he'd have the strength, or David and he would prophesy and write music, or the other prophets. Now, the Holy Spirit was in all of the Jewish people. Then you jump ahead to Acts 4, and we see the promise was that the Holy Spirit would be given to them in Jerusalem, Judea, and now Samaria. And we see the Holy Spirit fall on the Samaritans. And the first time now, this is non-Jewish people, and their response to receiving the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. And then you go to Acts 10, and Cornelius, he works for the evil Roman Empire, a centurion. He is a, as a Gentile, he's not Jewish, or a Samaritan who would be considered kind of a half-Jew. And the first time that the Holy Spirit descends on the Gentile people is an eruption of speaking in tongues. I believe this is, this is important, that this is uh, an event that happens in the first time that the Holy Spirit comes to these people groups. Then we see sporadically other people who receive the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues, but not necessarily all the times. So what is speaking in tongues exactly? Well, there's a couple different ways that the scripture even outlines what speaking in tongues is used for. Uh, the first is it's a personal prayer language. It's kind of an ecstatic overflow of feeling the goodness of God in your heart and, and, and in your soul and in your mind and, and, and it just erupts through your mouth and you don't have the words to praise God and, and you just find your, your tongue is moving and the Holy Spirit is flowing through you in this personal prayer language as, as you just pray to God and it's a way to edify your own heart. Second, we also see that speaking tongues can be a supernatural language for witness and evangelism. This is what happened in Acts 2. Uh, we don't see this necessarily happen in Acts 4 or 10 or really in other times, but this has been known to happen in other parts of the world where someone doesn't know Chinese, someone doesn't know Russian or another language or Spanish, and all of a sudden they get filled up with the Holy Spirit and they're able to praise God and speak the truth of God in other languages they didn't even know. And it's kind of a miraculous prayer language where someone is, is speaking that tongue and they're telling about God. And that's what happened here in Acts 2, is that people gathered from all around the world, and they're saying, what? We're hearing people praise the name of God in our own languages. We're going to come back to that. Let's kind of put a little pin in that. 
And then the second, or the third thing we see is that speaking in tongues is also used for edifying, uh, it's an edifying word from God to the church. And we see this, that Paul addresses this, that sometimes God gives a word to the body. And then someone will give that as a tongue, uh, speaking in tongues, and then an interpretation will come as a word from God to his church. Now, speaking in tongues can be very controversial. And uh, one of the things I, I just want to mention is that uh, there's a wide variety of viewpoints on this. And so I'm going to share kind of my view, our, our church's view, and really kind of what's, what's the general view of Converge, the, the network of churches that we're a part of. Uh, one of our chief kind of theologians, pastor in residence uh, for the Converge movement is a pastor by the name of John Piper, uh, an amazing author, pastor, shepherd, um, theologian for many, many decades. And just this week, as I was doing some research and reading some different books and just getting some different perspectives and came across actually an interview with, with John Piper. And, and they asked him, you know, what's your views on speaking in tongues? And he said, you know, this is something that actually is, is come and kind of come and gone in more prominence in, in our church body at Bethlehem Baptist. And there's been seasons where we've talked more about it and seasons where it's been a little less. And he said, and honestly, there have been times throughout my life where I've asked God for this gift. He said, I, he, he does not believe that he's been gifted that spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. He believes it happens, that uh, it, it has not ceased to exist. And he said that he has prayed four, five, six times in his life very fervently, God, would you please bless me with this spiritual gift of speaking in tongues? He said, so my friends have this gift and it, I really want it too. And he said, so far the Lord has answered, not yet. He said, the Lord has answered him, I've gifted you with the spiritual gift of shepherding and teaching and pastoring. And so use these gifts well. And Pastor John Piper just shared that, you know, this season that he has not received that gift yet, and he, but he keeps asking for it. And so I just wanna encourage you, uh, number one, that if you do not have that spiritual gift, that's totally okay. We're gonna get into this a little bit more that there's a wide variety of spiritual gifts. Number two, it's something to be desired and asked for. I love John Piper's attitude that he keeps asking God for this over the last couple decades. And he said, you know, I don't think this is the final word on this yet. And so I'm going to keep asking until God, you know, for sure says no. Um, and maybe that's a spiritual gift that he'll get uh, someday. Uh, there's a well-known, uh, there's a pastor as well uh, who's part of our Converge movement. And uh, he was sharing me a with a story that he uh, grew up kind of uh, not followed Christ, came to know Jesus at the U of M. And after pastoring for about 20 years, uh, I believe he was in his 40s, maybe even uh, 50, he was on a mission trip to the Ukraine. And just one night, all of a sudden, uh, he just felt the Holy Spirit come upon him and he started speaking in these tongues. He's like, what is this? Uh, in his 50s. And he's like, there's no music playing. There's nothing, anything. No one prayed for him. To, he just started speaking in tongues. And he said, I knew it was real because my pastor friend was in the other bed. And he just uh, passed gas and it smelled awful. And so it was the least spiritual moment ever. But in that time, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And again, he had been following and walking with Jesus for decades before God gave him that gift. And so if it's something maybe you've asked for and you haven't received yet, I'd encourage you to keep asking. I believe it's, 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 it's something that we can continue to ask for. Uh, if it's something you've never asked, that the Holy Spirit come upon you and to receive this spiritual gift, maybe it's something you want to uh, invite God to give you that spiritual gift. Well, what do we know about speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift that God still gives today. Uh, 
I speak in tongues. Uh, I know many uh, pastors and theologians who speak in tongues. This is a spiritual gift that really does happen today still. It's something to be desired. Uh, it's not the end all, be all, but it is a gift still for today. Number two, we see that when someone speaks in tongues publicly, there should be an interpretation. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes to the early church in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27 through 28. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or three at most, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to God, to himself and to God. The Apostle Paul says it shouldn't be chaotic. Everything should happen in order. And if there is a tongue, uh, spiritual tongue given to the whole body, that then there should be an, someone who has a spiritual gift of interpretation to edify the whole church. And if not, then you just keep that to yourself and you can use that spiritual prayer language to God while you're in a worship service. Number three, we see that speaking in tongues strengthens the person speaking, not necessarily the church. This is a gift that really edifies the person, not necessarily the church. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse four through five says this, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Apostle Paul says, I hope you all speak in tongues. It, but it's for your edification and for you to, to grow that spiritual connection with God. But even more important is this word prophesy. Now again, there's a variety of opinions on what that means. I believe that the simplest definition is just speaking the truth of God. And so when you're speaking over someone that, that God has good things for you, that God has, has he sent his son to die for you, that the Lord wants to bless you with spiritual gifts, that you don't have to live in bondage, that when you're speaking those truths you know, in a church service or, or, or to a, a family member or a friend, that's, that's prophesying. That, that's, you're, you're a conduit from God to man. Uh, we see in the Old Testament that the prophets were the ones who represented God to man. Priests represented men to God. And so this act of prophecy is just, as God comes upon you, and maybe even uh, you felt that, where uh, God really has gifted you a word for someone in particular. And so Paul's saying that's even more important than speaking in tongues. Do you have to, be, do you have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit? There's a wide variety of opinions on this, but I would say, no, I do not believe that this is a spiritual gift for every single person. I look at a pastor like John Piper who's influenced millions of people, someone like Billy Graham who accomplished so much by preaching the gospel. Neither one spoke in tongues and yet is evidence that the Holy Spirit was working through them. I believe that the evidence of the life filled with the Holy Spirit is power, that you are able to work a witness for Christ, and that the fruit of the Spirit is evident in your life. Uh, here's what the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit, who portions to each one individually as he will. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Paul's saying not everyone has the same spiritual gifts. I believe it's okay to ask for these gifts of, of wisdom, of teaching, uh, of distinguishing between spirits, of interpretation, 
uh, of prophecy, of teaching, of healing, of tongues. That's okay. But then when God reveals those spiritual gifts that he has given, to, to not be jealous of what he has given to other people. We're actually going to now, uh, I'm going to show you a little interview I did actually with my parents, Tim and Linda Lindine, who have been a part of our church from, from the beginning. And they just share about their experience of growing up, not hearing at all about the Holy Spirit and, uh, and what their journey has been like of walking with the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm Tim. And I'm Linda. Lindine. And we have been married now for 44 years come June. Well, my ch church experience was growing up in a small, rural, uh, Swedesburg, Iowa, uh, Lutheran church, and where, of course, it's pretty t typical, pretty traditional. Uh, but I will tell you what was interesting, I'll never forget, uh, during confirmation class with our pastor, we were going over Pentecost, and he was talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I said, excuse me, pastor, but why did that end then? What can you tell me more about that? And he says, well, it's a very good question, Tim. Actually, there are some believers today that believe it is still for today. And I'll never forget that. And I thought, wow, that's cool. That's interesting. But that was kind of where it left, left off. Well, I was raised in a really small, tiny country church just down the gravel road from the farm where we were raised. We had a wonderful time on Sundays where we sang the traditional hymns and we had, you know, um, prayer and preaching. And then um, when I was in high school, it was the Vietnam War. And I remember at that time really having this conflict in my mind saying, okay, I don't, I don't get this because if God is this loving father you know why it just hit me really hard to know um, local boys that were going and didn't come home and to see the news every night I couldn't reconcile it in my mind of the God that I had this relationship with you know through college I had a lot of questions I took New Testament and Old Testament and for the first time read through the Bible but I feel like it was mostly head knowledge and met Tim we uh, my senior year fell in love got married the summer after I graduated and then neither one of us really were going to to church we both knew that we had this spiritual this faith in us but uh, we got busy I got busy my first teaching job Tim was still in school and then all of a sudden we had our first daughter and we both looked at each other and said whoa we need to go to church Tim was raised Lutheran I was raised Methodist we ended up at a non-denominational church with good friends mm -hmm. we had never seen anybody raise their hand we had never seen anybody go forward to the altar and in doing that then that just awakened this huge hunger in us and that's what really I feel like began the journey of our spiritual journey we really came to that point hungry for more and then out of that we went to a church where they started preaching about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And at that time, uh, we got, we were prayed for and received uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit and where we did speak in tongues and uh, uh, saw the prophesying and healing and different things going on and that became part of our lives. One thing I would highly recommend, of course, is first get into the Word and specifically the scriptures that deal with that. Uh, and this, ask God to speak to you. And what does that mean to you? Because as Eric talked about last week, uh, the Bible's clear that 
not everyone's going to accept will receive all the same gifts and it's going to be different for everyone so what is that for you specifically and then the other thing i would recommend would be to find somebody that you feel comfortable uh, with talking to asking questions with uh, whether it be in person uh, if you feel comfortable doing that today or in a, a phone call or a, a zoom uh, meeting and asking their opinions and have them maybe pray for you uh, specifically or um, just simply to listen. I think that God just wants us to be as children always asking questions and that's a good thing. If there's something about the Holy Spirit that that is scary to you or if it's just weird to you or if it's unsettling that's not that's not what God wants. God mm -hmm. wants us to be questioning, yes, but he wants to give us his gifts. He wants us as his children to just, as Pastor Eric often says, open our hands and receive. And I think that's the biggest thing. When I think back to that first time I became aware of the Holy Spirit and I asked God, just, just fill me. I wanna be all that I can be in you so that I can be the wife that you want me to be, so I can be the mom that you want me to be, so that I can be the teacher that you want me to be. And God was so faithful. He was so faithful in doing that. And that, that's, I feel, where he wants us to be, asking questions and with open hands. Here's what Paul writes in Galatians 5, 16 through 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And then in Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 18, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Paul is telling these early Christians to not be influenced by wine, to not get drunk and be under that influence, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Now, a lot of times when Paul is talking about being filled with the Spirit, uh, not to get fancy into uh, the Greek and, and grammar, all that stuff, but it is not a one-time event. Uh, it is, is this Open yourself up to say again and again to have the Holy Spirit come in and to fill you with his power. Uh, there are times in my life, I, I look back and I can, in junior high, that the, really the first time where I felt like the Holy Spirit really came upon me uh, and I was really filled with understanding for the very first time and I was given that spiritual gift of speaking in tongues at, at Bible camp at Lake Geneva uh, in junior high. But then there have been other times where I just really feel like, man, I was walking with God and then and just had this experience of feeling the Spirit more than normal. And, and the Apostle Paul says, you know, in the same way that some people are affected by drink or wine, and, and you can see when they're, they're, how they're walking differently because they're drunk, be so influenced by the Holy Spirit. In the same way that Michael Jordan influenced everyone he came in contact with and all his teammates, be influenced by the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? Well, number one, I think we prioritize the practice of walking with the Spirit. We need to prioritize the practice of walking with the Spirit. See, whatever we prioritize will flourish. Whatever we neglect will fade. Whatever we prioritize is going to flourish. Whatever we neglect will fade. This is just a spiritual truth. In our health, when we neglect it, it doesn't go so well. 
When we prioritize it, then it flourishes. In our relationships with our spouse, uh, with, with a friend, when we prioritize our relationships, they're gonna flourish. When we neglect them, they fade. The same is true of walking with the Spirit. It breaks my heart, honestly, when I talk to so many believers in our church, outside of our church, who tell me, man, you know, back in my college days or in youth group days or just a couple years ago, I had this such strong connection with the Spirit and I just don't anymore. And I get it. Life is hard. Uh, you know, college is a unique time where you're kind of in this bubble. Um, it's, just, it's just a different part of life. But I think for a lot of us, myself included, walking with the Spirit, that priority can really fall down. You know, we, we have our, our spouse and we have, maybe some of us have kids and we have a career and maybe we have just different hobbies. And, and the reality is maybe we just stop pursuing the Spirit in the same way that we did. I think if we're going to be influenced by the Holy Spirit, we need to prioritize walking with Him. Number two, we need to be aware of what the Spirit is wanting to do with us. To be aware. See, love never forces its way in. Love waits for an invitation. I think some people will say, well, if the Holy Spirit wants to take over my life and just change me and, and, and break my habits or, or make me aware of who he is, why doesn't he just barge in and do that? That's not how love acts. And so the Holy Spirit is going to wait to be invited. And that's why we need to make it a priority. And so we need to be aware of what the Holy Spirit is doing. That means making time for him. And uh, coming up here soon, I think we're going to talk some more about spiritual practices and how do we do that? How do we, uh, as 21st century Christians, set aside time for uh, Sabbath, to, to listen to the Spirit? How do we set aside times of silence and, and, and to fast and pray and these different things that I think are going to help us be aware of what the Spirit is trying to do? And number three is keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Paul writes this in Galatians 5, 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I love that. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. I ask, who are you walking with? We need to keep in step with the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit wants to be our friend. And the beautiful, beautiful truth, the good news of the gospel is that anyone can be a friend with the Holy Spirit. We just need to walk with him, just to keep in step with the Spirit. Going back to Acts chapter 2, as the Holy Spirit came upon them and, and, and they left the upper room speaking in languages they didn't know and, and praising the name of God, well, what happened next? Verse 5. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this, this sound, the multitude came together, a bunch of 120 uh, Christ followers came out speaking and praising God in every language. And they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to the Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own languages the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Now read those names of the countries and we're like, I don't know what those are. So I got a map for you. I'm going to put that up right now. 
And you'll see how amazing it is that these people came from around the Roman Empire, really the whole known world at that time, because they were in Jerusalem for this festival. As far away as Rome and the Middle East and Africa and, and Europe, and they're all descended on Jerusalem for this festival. And many of them then hear the good news of Jesus in their own language. How amazing is that? Then Peter gets up and he is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he preaches the news of Jesus and 3,000 people come to know Christ. Because the Holy Spirit fell on them, because these believers waited and they asked for the Spirit to come into them, and they were faithful. I believe we have an opportunity as followers of Christ to spread the name of Jesus to the ends of the earth. It's amazing that we're all cooped up inside and churches all across the world are having to do online church. We don't know where the gospel is going right now, into what languages and nations all around the world. But I believe this is a moment that the Holy Spirit wants to use us to share good news, that you can be a friend with God, that your life can be changed, that you can walk with the Spirit, that you can find freedom, that you can find purpose. And so I want us all right now to pray. We're going to pray that the gospel will spread to every nation around the world, that we will be filled with the Spirit. And as the, maybe the Holy Spirit leads, maybe you want to share this with someone or just to, to share your story of, of walking with Jesus so that all nations will hear the good news of Jesus. They will know that they can be filled with the Spirit and, and walk with him. Let's pray right now. God, we thank you that even in the midst of this uncertainty, God, that you are not uncertain. God, that you still hold the whole world in your hands. So right now, as we gather around TV screens, computer screens, phone screens, God, we believe that your message of good news can spread. So Lord, we pray that you would use the gospel in churches around the world, in every nation. Lord, we pray for just a harvest of those who are hungry and searching and lost to be found by you. That they could know that they can find freedom. That they can find their identity in you and not in what they do. That they can find peace through you. And Jesus, we just pray your Holy Spirit would come upon us, each and every one of us. Lord, if there's someone we need to share the good news with, that you'd put that prompting on our hearts that we would follow that whether that's with our own words, with a text message, whether it's sharing a sermon online, or just whatever that might be. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your Holy Spirit to fill us and to empower us, and we pray now that we'd walk with you. In your name we pray, amen. Before we close, I just want to share one prayer, and I'm going to share this in my Monday morning recap email. I'll put it up on social media, too. This is a prayer I found from a Chinese pastor, and I'm not going to attempt his name, but he just... He was talking about the Holy Spirit and how he, he prays this prayer every morning. And he was encouraging his church to uh, join him in praying this. And I'm going to ask each one of us that this next week, maybe next couple of weeks, when we wake up, that we would pray this prayer together. Good morning, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love, grace, and friendship. I invite you to have your way in me today. Holy Spirit, lead me guide me. Remind me that you live inside me. 
and I thank you in advance for what today holds as we face it together. This week, let's be intentional that we want to walk with the Spirit. Let's prioritize that relationship. Let's be open to whatever God wants to give us. Maybe you never asked for God to give you a spiritual gift like speaking in tongues or prophecy or healing or teaching or whatever that might be. This week, maybe you would pray that God would just pour out his blessings on you, that he'd gift you uh, with, with more spiritual gifts so that you could bless the body of Christ, that you could spread the good news of Jesus. And let's wake up and let's pray this prayer that we're going to be intentional about our days. We're going to prioritize what matters so that our walk with the Spirit can flourish. Well, thank you again for joining us this week. I would love to encourage you to stick around uh, for our virtual lobby on Zoom. The link will be uh, in, in the comments below. Uh, thanks again. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.